brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Drive your sales today by advertising with the sports circuits. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. California Headline News. There's a tense situation in the San Gabriel area because of an armed man inside a house that overlooks the 10th freeway. Police have shut down that freeway in both directions. Charges have been filed against the leaders of the Aryan Brotherhood prison gang in California. A total of 16 Aryan Brotherhood members and their associates are accused of running a murderous enterprise using contraband cell phones and encrypted chats. Prosecutors say the men directed five murders. Alex Stone reports an attorney is accused of helping to smuggle drugs and cell phones into the prisons to help the gang. Attorney General Javier Becerra today provided new details about the arrest of the pastor of a Mexico-based megachurch. He's facing more than two dozen counts including human trafficking and production of child pornography. Joaquin Garcia was arrested in Los Angeles following an investigation into those alleged crimes, the type of crimes that belong nowhere in our society. Bail for Garcia has been set at $50 million. Steve Clawson, California News. Get Dad a great gift from Kohl's, like new Nikes, just $56.25, a Google Home, $79, or the Fitbit Charge 3, $119.99, and you'll get Kohl's cash, $10 for every $50 spent. Plus, take $10 off your $50 or more Father's Day gift purchase, Thursday through Sunday, at Kohl's. Select styles, 10 off 50 offer valid June 6th through 16th with promo code DAD10. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. They say that if you want to know a person, you should walk a mile in their shoes. Same thing goes for tires. Except Firestone knows it's not just one mile, it's many. With the industry-leading 90-day buy-and-try guarantee, you can test drive our tires for 90 days. Then if you're not fully satisfied with them, we'll refund or replace them for you. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Conditions apply. See FirestoneTire.com for details. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. Vice President Mike Pence sees progress in talks with Mexico over tariffs and immigration. I'm encouraged that they came today with more, but uh, it'll be a matter for the president to consider what they're offering enough for us to evaluate those proposals to determine whether or not it will be sufficient. Pence spoke in Pennsylvania today. Mexico offered more troops to patrol its southern border, according to news reports. The White House says much-needed disaster relief funding is now headed to the states after President Trump signed a bill into law. It provides more than 19 
$19 billion to states recovering from hurricanes, tornadoes, flooding, and wildfires. The bill was delayed because the House was on recess when the Senate passed it. Former Broward County Sheriff's Deputy Scott Peterson is heading to his North Carolina home after getting out of jail. The former school resource officer during a school shooting in Parkland, Florida, is facing charges of child neglect, culpable negligence, and perjury. Brian Shook, NBC News Radio. Hi, everyone. It's Yanitza Munoz from the publications Maxim, FHM, and Sports Illustrated. So being a model, I have to work out a lot. It's tough staying in shape, especially keeping my abs. Until I discovered TC1 Gel. TC1 Gel is a thermogenic gel that you rub on your waist 15 minutes before exercising. Then simply put on the TC1 sweat belt and start your workout. You'll sweat like crazy and feel the burn. It focuses on boosting circulation, increasing perspiration. It activates body heat, reduces muscle fatigue, and burns off more calories. Get your TC1 gel now. Go to tc1gel.com and use the code RADIO30 for 30% off discount on this amazing product. tc1gel.com and get your abs back or just get in shape. Follow their Instagram at tc1gel. Now, here's a new concept. Digital Network Advertising, where businesses display your ad inside their building. If a picture's worth a thousand words, your company is going to thrive with digital network advertising. Choose your marketing sites or jump on the DNA system and advertise with all participants. Your business ad or logo is rotated multiple times an hour inside local businesses where people will discover your company. Digital Network Advertising. DNA, a novel way to be seen and remembered. Digital network advertising with networks in Redlands and Yucaipa. Call in the 909 area 222-9293 for introductory pricing. That's 909-222-9293 for digital network advertising. One last time, digital network advertising. 909-222-9293. NBC News Radio Broadcasting Studios of KCAA, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM, located in beautiful, sunny California, which it is today. Thanks for tuning into the Water Zone. I'm your host, Rob Starr, along with our other host, Mr. Chris Davies, the Wizard of Water. Good evening, Rob. How are you tonight? I am good. We're, we're doing well. Yep. And uh, can you hear it good? We're I all hearing hear good? Got, okay, good. excellent. We got no technical problems tonight. <laughs> I'm, I am happy. But I still can't hear anything through my headphones. But anyway, we'll go by. you're right next to me. You're fine. Okay, I read your lips. Do you read my lips? Can you read lips? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful day out. It's yep. like 86 degrees. Uh, we did have the June gloom this morning, and actually till about one o'clock. But it's uh, it's a beautiful day, and uh, we're very happy. And um, we have one of our dear friends on, uh, a gentleman named Darren from, guess where? Uh, Got a guess. Yeah. I just told you two minutes ago. <laughs> you did. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to mess it up. I messed up the you name the mess, other day. You so. don't mess it up. It's Turfs Up Radio. Turfs Up Radio. And he's broadcasting from Florida. 
And uh, so if, they, if you're watching us, I know you are, so we're going to give you a big wave. And uh, thanks for joining us and letting us join you. I understand we're going to be live on your radio show right now, so uh, we're excited about that. And uh, anything new for you for the week, Chris? Uh, no, I gave blood today, if that counts. Yeah. That's a good boy. So, uh, live stream, and um, so we're, we're good. I'm not dizzy anymore. I have my free bag of peanuts and my little, uh, you know, three and a half ounce orange juice. So what about when you're dizzy every day that I see you? Yes, that's, 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 that's something else. Story for another day. That's, yeah. a, that's another story for another day. Okay, good. Well, we have our uh, great guest on, as always. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know by now who this lady is, you're missing out. Uh, her name is Miss Chris Austin. She is the purveyor of Maven's Notebook, the number one source for water news in California. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, guys? We're doing great. So, are you are you hot down there? It's warm. I mean, it's I'm always hot. Well, oh, you mean that. you mean about is it the weather hot? The yes. Temperature. The, the temperature. temperature. Yeah, okay. I'm up in I'm up in Fresno. Fresno. Beautiful Fresno. Oh yes, <laughs> Fresburg. Yeah. And it's hot here. Oh. And so, like, all of a sudden, you realize, hey, that's June gloom. Hey, that's not so bad because <laughs> it's hot. I mean, it, oh boy. Sun comes up, it's hot. Oh, well, they said it's going to get cooler this week, but next week is supposed to have record heat here in California. Yep. Oh, yay. So, yeah. <laughs> could yay. hit the first uh, triple digits of the year. Oh, yeah. Well, it was triple digits up here in Fresno. You know, every time I come to Fresno, which isn't often, um, I always remember I'm dating myself here. The old Carol Burnett miniseries. Oh, you come on. You're 29. You watch the reruns. Be truthful. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm up here uh, at the Groundwater uh, Sustainability Agency Summit, where they it just was all today about um, and yesterday about uh, how to you know all these people are writing these groundwater plans uh, for you know to meet the requirements of the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, and you know some of these basins are coming up, uh, have a deadline in January 31st to turn in a plan. Now, the plan, it doesn't have, you don't have to balance your uh, extraction from the aquifers with your, you know, inflows into the aquifers at, you know, with this first plan. The, the groundwater basins have 20 years to balance that out. Um, but they, you have to have a plan and some milestones along the way, and you have to kind of sketch this all out. And if you don't uh, get this plan turned in and submitted, uh, you could be subject to state water board intervention, mm. so, which nobody wants. Nope. Uh, so, um, you know, it, it was, it's been an interesting day. You know, up here in the San Joaquin Valley, uh, they really have, um, it, it's really where most, almost all of the critically overdrafted basins in the state, the ones that have to meet this January 31st, 2020 deadline, right. um, it's really this whole area. And uh, the PPIC did a study. They've actually done a lot of research here in the Valley. And they say that if we upgraded the infrastructure, and if we put markets in place, water markets um, and trading plans, that uh, the possibility 
everyone understands that the implementation of the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act is going to uh, reduce agriculture in the San Joaquin Valley. I mean, there's just no other no other way about it. The really really the question is how much. And so the PPIC said that if you had the water markets and the better infrastructure, uh, that it could be down to only 25% uh, reduction in economic uh, output, uh, which, I mean, you say, well, that doesn't sound so bad, but then if, if I came to you and said, okay, I'm cutting your pay by 25%, and most of us would go, ooh, ow, right? Yep. So... It's a it's 25%, and that would be the best-case scenario. So, you know, there's a lot of things to think about, and one of them is what are you going to do with all this land that's going to come out of production because it's going to have to reduce agriculture yep. in the San Joaquin Valley. I mean, there's no other way to balance it. I yep. mean, No, they're not going to like it. No, no, it, it's hard. It's, I mean... I, I really feel for the farmers because, I mean, this is how they make their living. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the problem is that, you know, too many of them have gone out. And if, you, if you've driven the San Joaquin Valley up and down the five, and I have done this actually for like the past six years, um, it's amazing how many almond trees and pistachio trees yes. um, there are along the way. And uh, and if you go over to Paso Robles and you go up to 101, it's grapevines. Grapevines yep. everywhere, as far as the eye can see. And, you know, these, these orchards take out more water out of the ground than would, you know, to use than can be naturally sustained in most of these basins. So, you know, some of these people are going to have to shrink, and that's really difficult. Well, you know? I, I think with the new technologies that we're seeing with irrigation, uh, I know we had somebody on from the Almond Board, oh, probably about two years ago, when uh, you know when when the drought was getting really really bad or starting to get really bad, and they were saying these the, the steps that they took or were taking were going to help them significantly to reduce water. They understood what the problem was. They're just getting smarter on what to do and how to how to do. And um, and I, I don't know, I don't I don't think there's it, been any press since then to talk about that. Well, the thing is, agriculture. It, it, uh, efficiency will only get you so far. And the farmers in the Central Valley and really in California have been implementing agricultural efficiency things for, you know, a decade or so. It's not new. So it's sort of like the low-hanging fruit, in, so to speak, on, agri on agricultural water efficiency in a lot of cases is kind of been sure. done now is there more we can do sure but uh it's not going to make up for the amount of water that is needed but will be needed to sustain all of the agricultural lands that are in production at this point in time i mean the, the mass just doesn't bear that out As farmers are business people water is an input um they've been getting grants and encouragement to be efficient for years, and they have been doing that. Yep. You know, so that means that it's only 
it's only so so much farther you can go, you know. Well, while on the subject of water, Chris, you know, every week I like to I like to tell you what strikes my uh, what catches my brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. My eye on Maven's notebook when I, when I go on there. So I did, okay. So <laughs> I did see this headline, you know, using the, you know, from the old, uh, the rhyme of the ancient mariner, right? The water, water everywhere kind of a thing, you know, and then lose it or use it or lose it, right? So the state saying, what is the state saying? I mean, what does that mean? We got full reservoirs. We got highest precipitation in I don't know how long. The snow pack in the Sierras is, is, uh, is there. So what do they mean, use it or lose it? They, they put the water from Shasta back in the bay and instead of hiring the, 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 uh, the water train to, to move water. Oh, yes, the water train. I love, well, that. I love yeah. the water train. <laughs> there, there's a lot of water sitting up there in the snow in the snowpack right and these hot days are coming and that water's got to come down and um, as it comes down i mean they got to manage this really very carefully now we want to put as much water as we can and sink it into the ground and recharge our groundwater aquifers where we can but our infrastructure is limited in the amount that it can take in, and there's a lot of water up there. So it you got to be, you know, it has to be, you know, carefully managed. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's uh, water management is, is uh, never easy. And then the next, the next one underneath it is that, you know, I mean, here they're saying water, water everywhere. You know, oh, my, oh my word, we have to be so careful. And then the, the second one underneath is, is people going, well, gosh, we got a lot of water, but there are still some farmers in the Central Valley, uh, mainly on the west side, uh, Westlands Water District in general, um, that aren't getting, they're only getting, I think, 65% uh, water allocation this year. Yeah. So, you know, and that right there is a limitation in our infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, we can't move the volumes of water uh, that that are potentially there. But we also, you know, the, the problem with infrastructure is you, you can't, I mean, this has been an unusually wet year. And you can't always you can't build your infrastructure size for unusually wet years. It, it costs you a fortune, right? So you know sometimes it's it, it's quite a balance. Yeah, but you tell a, you tell the true story, right? For a farmer, enough is never enough, right? I mean that's the way to look at it. Yeah. Right, right. Well, the good thing you know the good thing with the rainfall this year 
despite you know, despite a weaker cattle market and trade uncertainties affecting the beef exports, California ranchers say marketing heavier cattle this year has improved the returns thanks to abundant rainfall. It produced lots of grass. Yeah. So yeah. So you know. So why, and in no, go ahead. past years with the drought, you know, there wasn't much grazing out there, and if they can't graze the cattle, then they have to buy food, and, then, and, and know, that's expensive. A, it is. It is. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know who's making the master plan on all of this stuff, but you know, agriculture is a large part of our of California's economic growth and sustainability, and I hate to see it go away. I know there was one state senator. Uh, I won't mention the name because I don't like to do that during the daytime. I'll do it off air. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he wants to, he wants to get do away with the agriculture in the state. Well, you know the the truth is that. California is a leading agricultural state. I think, I do believe we are like half the fruits and nuts in in the United States. And we feed a big export market, too. And the idea, I mean, we all know, I think we all understand that agricultural, agriculture needs to shrink. But it does, but it it can't go away. I mean, it's like, (laughs) it's it would be detrimental not only to, you know, our own nation, but to the world. It, you know, there are people that depend on the food that California produces and exports. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just the farmers. It's all the businesses that surround all of that. And, oh, it, and, and not, yes, and even here, too, yes. You know, California can't exit the global food market. We're too, it, I mean, without serious ramifications in, you know, people going hungry. And so it's like, you know, California agriculture needs to continue for for us here and for the nation and, and, you know, exports too. But we have to find a way to rein it in a little bit more than than what it has been. Absolutely. We agree. And almonds should not be demonized, by the way. You know, I mean... All, almonds are a storable protein, which is actually an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a healthy snack, and we shouldn't demonize almonds or pistachios. You know, it, it's, a, it's a perfectly good crop to grow, healthy and, and all that. We just need maybe a little bit less of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, one of the biggest booms in the U.S. now is almond milk. Yes, yes. Uh, which I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I don't drink almond milk. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is my husband has a daughter in, in, in Canada and she's vegan. Mm-hmm. And, and when, during the height of the drought, she sent us all these articles about how if we would all stop eating meat, then all our water problems would go away. Right? I've heard and that. then my husband goes up to visit her and he comes back and he's like, she drinks almond milk. So I was like, oh, okay. So I started sending her all these almonds are sucking California dry articles. I started sending them that her way. <laughs> like, <laughs> cows, almonds, okay. You know, what? you, you tell me what. I like, I like my burgers and steak. <laughs> yeah. Well, He's, and you know, interestingly enough, the, the cows and the ranching provide a a service in a way. Sure. If they weren't out there grazing down those that that you know those grasslands, then we would have to go out and maintain them some other way. 
and you know the it's the key is you know um, moderating grazing so that it's not detrimental, which is something you know they I I do believe back at I think it was in like twenties or the thirties they dealt with overgrazing, and so they've actually been you know very efficient at managing it in recent decades. But we need the grazing cows to manage the land, right? You know. That's true. Oh, we have another call, Frank. Yeah, he's checking. Hey, so, uh, checking so the board. before before we get to you know before we transition right to the second half of the show. So, what's a, what's the latest on the Delta Stewardship Council? Right, I think didn't they put out a report this week, quarterly report. Uh, well, no, actually, the water master, the Delta water master, was in. Oh yeah. Uh, to talk about uh, what's been going on inside the Delta. Um, and, it, it, you know, there's some interesting news to report. Uh, you know, all the Delta uh, water diverters that were required to uh, file their reports filed them. They have 100% compliance in that area. Which right. is, you know, there are so many others in other parts of the state that, that are not in compliance. But uh, the Delta folks, they're really, they really have been standing up on that. Um, and... The, the bad news is that uh, there's, you know, the channels in the South Delta have become, a lot of sediment has come into the channels. You know, we've had these high water years. Right. The water comes down from the mountains. It brings all the sediment. And it and it's, when it's going downhill, it's moving. It's great. When it gets onto the Delta where it kind of flattens out and yep. slows down, slows that's down. when the sediment drops out. And so the channels are quite soaked. Uh, you know, filled with sediment at this time. And, it, you know, that's just not good for anybody. The farmers can't get water. The fish can't swim up and down it. No boater can, you know, be boating on it. So it's trying to figure out what to do and, and how to do it and how to solve the problems. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's the challenge. So. Well, hey, I, uh, you know, going back to a subject we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh unsafe drinking water. I guess there was a coalition of California residents who were affected by this unsafe drinking. They did a protest at the Capitol in uh, California. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they, they've been, you know, the people who are advocating to solve the, the drinking water problem are really uh, capitalizing on the momentum. Right. And really, the momentum that built from the legislative session last year, they couldn't get a deal passed, but uh, I do believe it was uh, Senator Hertzberg and I think someone else I cannot remember who vowed to carry it on and into this new legislative, you know, season. And and they certainly have done that. And and Governor Newsom has signaled that this is an important issue to him. And so the you know those that are advocating for uh, to solve this problem have been protesting and you know, making their presence known. I mean, they're so we're so close to solving this. And it's really not an it's overall a proportion to the the state budget. If I mean we're just talking what, maybe five hundred million. We have a, you know, budget that three point two billion. Three billion, yeah. you know. Uh, it's it's very small uh, amount of money, relatively speaking, and we're so close to solving this problem. So, you know, people are really pushing for the, you know, their their favorite option, 
apparently the water tax idea isn't completely dead, right. uh, you know, but it, we'll see where it goes. Well, you got you got a million people who are affected by lack of access to that, plus another two million people. They're vulnerable to contamination. And again, to me, it's some, I, I just don't understand why we don't move faster. Yeah, to some fix of these, these protesters issues. are saying they can't even shower with this yeah, water. Right? They don't they, even they, they, want to shower. Not with this. not not suitable for washing dishes. And wow, I mean, that's it's hard to imagine, isn't it? You know, because it's worse than a third world country or like a third world country. It's ridiculous in, in, in a country as big as ours and as wealthy as ours. And with all the smarts that we have, the only thing that's holding it up is politics. Yeah. And, you know, where where are we going to pick the get the money from? You know, the water districts uh, really, really fight the idea of a water tax. Uh, they, they don't want to be the tax collectors. They see it as an entry point that once the state starts putting a tax on on our water for uh, you know for this to solve this drinking water problem that that they'll put on the, a tax for other things too. Well, I think if they you stop know. if they stop the train you know the train to nowhere and take the money they got for that uh, and use it for the water, which is more important to the state and the health of people, I think that's again that's what I believe and. Um, it's about well, time we yeah, move forward. But we the people, we the people voted for that train to nowhere. I, I wasn't one of them, but we the state and Yes, we did. And so to take it back, I believe there has to be it has to go to the voters to get taken back. I don't think the governor or the legislature can just thwart the will of the voters and well, say we're taking the money back. Yeah, yes, you are very correct in People did vote for it. The problem is they didn't stick to the agreement. It's way over budget. It's two or three times higher than what they said it was going to be. And it's not building the train that it was supposed to build. The first set of tracks are not high-speed tracks. And the studies that came in over the last couple of years saying it's not feasible to do, no one's going to sustain it, you know, to operate it. But, but again, we have something that doesn't make sense with the train, but we have something that's critical to the lives of people and children and older people, and we're not doing anything about it, just talking. Not, yeah, you, not you and me, I, the, yeah. pol- the politicians. I know things take long time going through government, but God, this is, this is a serious thing. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, you know, well, hopefully we're going to see something happen. Yep. I mean, I, I think we, we've never been closer, nope. you know, to solving it. So hopefully that will be, you know, will be forthcoming. Governor Newsom has certainly said it's a problem he wants to solve. Yep. Well, I, I think if it if it wasn't for people like you who put out Maven's Notebook and things of that sort, uh, a lot of people really don't hear about this stuff and don't know what's continually going on. They hear sound bites on the news once in a yeah, while when somebody stirs. Yeah, that's the problem. The news just gives you three seconds and, you know, six words. And- yep. And, 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 and we tell everybody every single week, and we're saying that from our hearts, truthfully, yep. uh, and not because we know you and we work with you here. Uh, there's no better person in the state to get the, the stuff from, the news from, except right. for you. And so I, I recommend everybody go to mavensnotebook.com, uh, check it out, be a subscriber, be a donator to it. It's, it's, it's a great thing. So Yep. Great to, great to hear from you again this week, Chris. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good week. We'll be back in a second. Take a break for a word from our sponsors. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley.
If you knew there was a pipe cement that works better than the one you're currently using, is better for you and the environment, and costs the same or less, would you buy it? Well, no-brainer, right? Weldon, the trusted leader in solvent cements for over 60 years, is pleased to introduce a new line of solvent cements that does all that. Introducing the Eco-Series line of solvent cements for PVC piping systems. Not only does it work great and set fast, it also has 30% lower solvent emissions and less smelly fumes, a better workplace environment when you're installing pipes. But don't just take our word for it. EcoSeries products are the only solvent cements that are Green Seal certified for environmental innovation for effective performance, improved working conditions, and for use with potable water. Now available in a medium-bodied fast-setting blue formula, 905 Eco, and a regular-bodied fast-setting clear formula, 900 Eco. Pick up a can today from your local distributor and see, smell, and feel the difference, just like Joe Sweat, president of Sunrise Irrigation, did. He said, after using Weldon's 905 Eco, we immediately noticed the application was smooth and there was noticeably less odor than other blue solvent cements on the market. The guys love it. To learn more about Eco solvent cements from Weldon, visit the website at www.weldon.com or call the Technical Service Hotline at 877-477-8327. That's 877-477-8327. Time to take a water break and talk some water. Irrigation. Such a refreshing topic. As more and more markets face water restrictions, your customers may be hungry or, should I say, thirsty for water saving products. For new installations, add options like drip irrigation, controllers that respond to weather data, pressure regulating heads, or heads with check valves. They all provide easy ways to differentiate your bids and win more jobs. Or for an extra stream of revenue, offer existing customers upgrades like high efficiency nozzles, rotary nozzles, or Wi-Fi based controllers. Because when you help your customers save water, you make a world of difference for the earth and your bottom line at the same time. We'll drink to that. All right, welcome back to the second half of the Water Zone with Rob and Chris. Hope everybody's having a good night. Just a reminder of people, we are working with a, uh, a, a great uh, other radio uh, guy, and his name is Darren. And Darren runs what's called Turfs Up Radio. And um, if anybody's listening out there, uh, they can simply uh, 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 download the Turfs, uh, sorry, the Turfs Up Radio app and uh, anytime and listen to the show. It's also on NBC News Radio, Talk 102.3 FM, Amazon Echo, Instagram, Spotify, TuneIn, Spreaker, Pandora, YouTube, Ustream, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Stitcher, iTunes, Tiki Live, Podbean, TalkStream Live, and that's a lot of stuff we're on. Yeah, you didn't. You missed billboards, blimps, and uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess I haven't seen our picture on billboard yet, but I can I can work on that. Do you want to be yeah. on a billboard? Yeah, no thanks. Sounds good. You know, you I don't, don't want to be on a billboard. Nor do I want to be on a milk carton. Oh. So, um. uh, is that because you have a face for radio or what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. So anyway, do, do, do turn into Turfs, uh, Turfs Up Radio. They do have great music. It's all uh, isolated for the uh, landscape industry business, uh, uh, but they, they give away prizes, uh, all kinds of things, really nice things like real chainsaws and 
expensive stuff. Uh, it's a great radio show. They talk about how to manage a business. They talk about everything in the landscape world and industry. It's, it's a good thing to do. So it's turfsupradio.com, and you can stream that, and you can hear us live on that as well. Anyway, uh, we have a, a next guest coming up, a special guest. And I met this lady at the Southern Nevada Water uh, Symposium uh, about a year or so ago. And um, her name is Julie Gillins, and she is the uh, water conservation manager for Washington County uh, Water Conservancy in Utah. So uh, I, I think you're on the line because I see a little blue light. Are you there, <laughs> Julie? <laughs> I believe. Can I, you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can. And, and the reason I say that, I, I don't know about what in your offices, if people wear headsets when they answer phones, do they do that there? Uh, it just depends on if you're on the phone a lot. Yeah. So. And, and what freaks me out when I go to people's offices and I see them sitting there and I don't know if they're talking or listening or whatever, they should put little red lights on or blue lights on. <laughs> no, on the outside door, right? Yeah, so you know they're on air. So on air, right. <laughs> so, so, so we know it's, what's what. So, hey, thank you very much. I know we've been trying to get you for a long time. You are, I, I, I know about your background and everything else, and I know you're passionate about water and women and wellness and all those kind of things, and you've been doing this for quite a while, but you are a wonder woman in your in your company and in your water district, so we want to tell you that right up front. And uh, maybe you can tell us, how how did you get into this business? Well, it's, I just kind of fell into it. I, um, you didn't I've get hurt. Yeah, that's a, no pun intended, right? Right, you fall into the water <laughs> right. business. Um, I made a splash in the industry. Sorry, I won't. I'll keep no my problem. day job. I'll keep my day job and no more joke. <laughs> I've been with the district 24 years, and I started by doing a water fair, an annual water fair for all the fourth graders in the county, and then it just kept building on that. Um, we saw it was back in 1995, and when conservation was just starting, and um, so I just um, have just grown in the position. Wow. So. I've, it it is kind of um, interesting that I just fell into it because I I am passionate about it. You know, I see that how critical water is and how important it is for um, life. So it's it's nice to be a part of that. Was it was it hard to to change that the the attitude you had before versus afterwards? Um, no, because I think. I think everyone wants to be good stewards of what they have, sure, and yeah. um, so it, it, as you learn, you realize how how you can be that. So. Well, you said you've been there twenty four years, and that's been a that's been a while since then. How about how about the uh, district itself? How what's the? Can you give us oh. a little bit of history around the district itself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the district was created in nineteen sixty two. It was um, through a vote of the residents here in Washington County. We're a political subdivision of the state of Utah, so we fall under their jurisdiction. Even though Washington County is in our name, it's our, it just um, designates our jurisdiction of what we're over. And, um, and, and we mainly were formed to uh, build a reservoir off of the river that runs through this county, um, and then when that didn't fall through, or when that fell through, they um, we've just 
uh, filled the need that we um, with all the other municipalities here in the county. Now your water is sold wholesale to different municipal customers yes, like St. George and Hurricane Santa Clara, Ivins, and so forth and so on. Is that that that's correct? Correct. Uh huh. So we're primarily a wholesaler. And in, in 2006, we regionalized our water. So the main municipalities in Washington County came together. They were out of water. Um, we were a body that could uh, go and find new water and do these projects. And so although the municipalities kept their water rights, um, we pulled them together. And so we can move water from one end of the county to the other as our needs are um, whatever our needs are. So. How, how many service accounts do you have, Julie? I mean, are you is it uh, is it just you know a small number and and uh, and their sub agencies or local agencies or do you because there's there's no direct sale to to um, residential customers? No, not we we have taken over a few small systems where the um, they were established, but they couldn't keep up with the maintenance of it and things like that. So we took over a few small systems. But um, that would be less than 400 okay, um, right. retail. And we have about, um, I would say, nine in our regional water supply, nine municipalities that have signed on. And it's the major population. So St. George, Washington, Ivins, Santa Clara, Hurricane and Laverkin, um, Tokerville and Lee. Yeah, regionally that's a uh, that's a fairly uh, uh, diverse uh, regionally. I mean, geographically, there's a yes. lot of lot of miles between those towns. <laughs> yes, yes. Wow. So, uh, where do you mainly get? Where does the district get its water from? Okay, uh, so we have we have groundwater that we use, and, and right now it's about 50% of our water comes from groundwater, and then 50% comes from surface water. We built a, in 1985, we built a reservoir um, that held 40,000 acre feet of water. That was its capacity. And then uh, in 2003, we built another reservoir, and its capacity was 50,000 acre feet. And so we just pull water from the Virgin River, um, when we have all the runoff, or sometimes it's lack of <laughs> runoff. Yeah, yeah. whatever the case year, may be. This year we've done really well. All of our reservoirs are full. Yeah, thankfully so is uh, most yeah. of the western United States, so that's uh, that's good news. Yeah, yeah we, I, we, I don't know if you had a chance to, I know you were hanging on for a few minutes before uh, you came on, and we were talking about the water here where people are talking about use it or lose it, because they're getting filled and... You know, when the reservoirs get filled, they got to let it go somewhere, and, yeah. they, and they can't fill enough aquifers. You know, or yeah. get yeah. it to the places can't it needs put to it be. in settling basins. There's not enough reservoir resource. I mean, the reservoirs are all at you know 80 percent pool and higher. So, what do you do? Exactly. Well, so, that's a, that's but a, um, it all stays in. I think it goes down to you know, um, Virgin River empties into um, Lake Mead. So. Uh. Yeah, well, let's talk. Let's talk in a minute. Uh, in a minute about your conservation plans, but maybe a, maybe a uh, baseline quest, uh, 
issue to talk about before we do that is a lot of our listeners are interested in what the rest of the country pays for their water, right, Julie? So can can you can you give us a, sort of a, a roundhouse view of um, in comparison to other water districts either close to you in Utah or in the western United States of where your price point stands? Uh, so you're talking about retail, correct? Re- yeah, re- at, at the retail yeah. end. Yeah, thanks for so, clarifying that. So it it varies with the cities, and um, we are a nonprofit, so we can um, so the cities can only charge what it takes to deliver the water, and um, and so, but with our so you would have to go on each city's website and get an get an idea. But I do know ours are pretty. Um, uh, if you if you abuse the water, um, you will have to pay for it. So, so um, we have a fifteen dollar minimum uh, just for the connection or right. for the Meter. monthly fee, yeah. and then it's two two dollars per thousand for the first twelve thousand, and then it goes up from there. And then we even have a cap on a yearly use. Wow. So if you pass that. Then um, you're paying up to ten thousand or ten dollars per thousand. How many tiers are there in the in the? Uh, in let's see, one, two, three, four, five tiers. Wow. And one, uh, so it goes from two dollars to two fifty uh, for the next five thousand. Uh, then three dollars up to the three fifty, and then six dollars um, for the next five thousand. Do, do they aggressively go after? People who do that? Um, yeah, it's their bill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I sometimes there's a leak or um, a unforeseen thing that they um, hardship, you know, mm-hmm. and so they'll work with them. But do they set up a, a water budget for each of the homes? I know in California with the oh. tier systems here, they they go out and say, okay, you got. Uh, Two people living in the home, your kids are away, and you got a dog, and this and that, and you do this much average laundry, and you got a swimming pool, and they calculate that. And then when the kids come home from the summer, the water bill jumps because the kids watch clothes every day and go swimming. And, and then they call the, you know, they get a big bill, so then they call the water agency and say, hey, my kids came home, and, you know, my three kids are here, so obviously there's more people in the house, and they kind of manipulate that, so they, they give them a break on that. But, uh, yeah, we don't. We don't have a lot of. We don't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irvine was the first one to do that, yeah. at least that, as I know. And right. um, I really think that that is the best way to run uh, the raids. But no, we we're not there yet. Okay. Yeah. A good friend of ours was the one who wrote those names, Tom Ash. Yeah, Tom Ash. Yeah. Yes, Tom Ash. Yeah, uh-huh. Tom's a great guy, and uh, yeah. yeah, he was part of he was part of developing that, and then went around to different water agencies like Western and uh, uh, Inland Empire Utilities and and such to do that. I think it's a good thing. I know uh, I was telling Chris here a couple of weeks ago when I was doing some stuff up in Beverly Hills, I went around with uh, the lady in charge of conservation there, and we went to a house that had seven swimming pools. Oh wow! <laughs> and, 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 and you know, they, they their tiers are more their their tier rating is a lot higher than what you would expect, <laughs> much higher. I mean, more than a hundred times that, right? Wow. So uh, they they sent the letters to the guy, and as as you said, it's the bill. And the guy says, "That's fine. I can afford it. I'll just write you a check and pay for it every month." He didn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, it's nice that. if you can do that. That's yeah. your that's your summer home, right, Rob? That's I don't know. Summer. That's my summer home, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If it was, I'd sell it and go somewhere else. But anyway, well, 
So, Julie, can you tell us, can you give us a little background about the conservation plans uh, that, uh, that your district has or, or sure. what, what you, sure. you know, kind of, kind of what's the 30,000-foot view of the, uh, of the conservation efforts that you're making? And then we can, maybe we can dive down into a couple of them individually. Okay, sure. So, uh, we wrote our first conservation plan in uh, 1996. So, um, and we've just been developing um, from there, adding programs and such. We've also, uh, let's see, I think it was in 2010 that um, we invited or hired the Medaus Water Management. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're well-respected among the... The water auditors, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they looked at our program as our programs that we offered as well and um, were able to give us some suggestions on what would do well. We also worked with the cities to see what they felt their um, customers would be willing to participate in. And uh, so then we were able to come up with... Um, program measures and things like that that we felt would do well in our area. From from what I read about that, you guys scored very high compared to other other uh, you know similar cities or districts, and uh, yes. you got a, you guys got a great uh, rating from them. So that's uh, that's wonderful. We give you give you a lot of kudos for that. Yeah, it um, and and I mean there's still things to do, but it, it is nice that um, people are really starting to see the need especially this is very arid and um arid area uh a lot different from we kind of get bundled in with the wasatch front <laughs> mm. and um so it but we are very unique in in our climate down here so i don't know if any if your listeners know where it's in uh, southern utah and we're close Zion National Park that's in our um, beautiful place. Yeah, county. Bryce Zion, beautiful area. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. The 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 area is gorgeous with the color of the mountains and things like that. So how do you how do you get people to change their habits and, and, and do you guys use the word conservation or do you use water the term water efficiency? How do you get people to change? Because that's everybody says they can change, but it's not that easy. And that's true. I think that's with anything. <laughs> yeah. But um, we do a lot of education. I feel that uh, education is where it's at. I, even if you have regulations, you still have that uh, enforcement that has to happen. Yeah, sure. To, yeah. to get them to do it. So I feel education is the key to the whole thing. Eventually, we may have to go to... Um, regulations and enforcement, but um, I think it's important that people understand uh, why they need to do it and and then how they can do it and give them those tools. So we have uh, rebate programs. We have a media campaign. We have two conservation gardens, one that is more of the traditional landscape, and then we have a desert garden that was built in 2015 and it has all desert plants and um, it's called the Red Hills Desert Garden it, and they're on Facebook if you uh, want to try and find that they he posts beautiful pictures of these gorgeous blossoms from the cactus 
and stuff like that. Do you, do you have so, a website address for that? Huh? Do you have a website address for that? Oh, yeah, it's redhillsdesertgardens.com. Uh, Red okay. All one but string. But they're right? also on Facebook. Um, yeah. He posts quite a few things on Facebook. Well, yeah. Because what we try, what we try to do here on the show is to get get perspectives from all over the country and actually all over the world, and because uh, you know people think one thing is here in California and everybody's experienced the same thing all over. It's not. It's all different. Everybody has different challenges and and different things and different climates and and such as that. So so you, you had mentioned you do rebates and and what type of rebates do you offer? Um, our one that goes really well is a irrigation rebate. So um, to upgrade uh, your irrigation to be more efficient, um, we were offering smart controllers through the district, but mm-hmm. now the state has taken that over, oh. and uh, you can go to utahwatersavers.com and apply, uh, put, make an account and see what rebates you qualify for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do the smart controller, but we still offer for like, we have a lot of HOAs or plan developments, and we will still rebate them the, um, to these commercial or multifamily uh, accounts. And then, uh, and we also have a high efficiency head where if you want to put in the um, the finger spray, a lot of people call them that stream sprays. Uh, yeah, convert over. Yeah, to the finger spray uh, if you convert a spray valve to a drip, you can get a rebate for that, and then also just capping off a valve altogether. Right. So is so, the rebate on the entire sprinkler or, or just on the nozzle, Julie? We, we do it by valve. Okay. So if you convert a valve over, um, you can get $60 back on that. Well, that's that's, right. that's a good price. <laughs> do you, do, you yeah. do inside the house water conservation things as uh, well as outside we, the house? We were offering toilet rebates, but um, the state has taken that over as well. And uh, but so we focus uh, the main the main use of water is toilets indoors. So that would that was our focus, and and now the state just has just taken that over. So so the people that want to get rebates and things, how how do how do they know, or do you give assistance to them on on knowing? Yes. What, what their irrigation this system is, is or outreach, water audits. Or yeah, outreach and education that you're, you're yes. talking about, so Julie. On our website, we list our programs and then the state's programs. We link to theirs. So, I mean, there's still people that have a hard time, but we're here to help them. <laughs> yeah. um, so all it takes is a call or an email, and I can help walk them through that. Um, I- we also offer water checks. Um, where we will go to a homeowner's home, run a series of tests on their sprinkler system. We can tell them how efficient it is through these tests and make suggestions on how to make it more efficient. And then we give them a recommended irrigation schedule. A lot of times it's amazing how much the time you need to run your system to get the recommended water out varies from system to system. Yep. And so this is just a more precise uh, way to irrigate and to make sure that 
no water is wasted. Do you do anything, Julie, to target, you know, the, uh, you know, the high water users or excessive water users that, that, you know, by comparison, hey, all your neighbors are kind of doing this and you've got the same size lot and... Uh, we're, we're starting, we have a secondary water system over in a community called Tokerville, <laughs> and um, <laughs> we just put in meters. I, I wrote a grant from the, to the Bureau of Rec and received it, and so with that money we have converted just a valve because of the untreated water. It's been difficult to find meters that would function in that type of water. And now technology is there, and so we put meters in. Um, it's a lot of ag, but also some residential. And um, I would say probably about 350 residential and then about 100 ag connections in that community. And uh, so it's a an opportunity where we can track water use because we also in that community have watering times when they have to water. And um, and so we can um, main, uh, monitor that. And, uh, and then also the customer can uh, get on their website or on a phone app and see what their water use is and awesome. how it's compared. Oh, that's good. Water. I was just going to yeah. ask that question. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <clears throat> a lot of times here in Southern California and in a lot of other places, water agencies do like annual events and workshops and training and education and outreach and stuff like that. Do you do, do, you do the same? Well, we have, uh, we offer about 24 workshops a year in conjunction with our that's demonstration terrific. Yeah. garden. And then we also have some events just um, a lot of times people won't come to a workshop, but they'll come to an, a free event. Right. And so that brings them to those gardens to see what resources there and hopefully motivate them to participate in some of those. Yeah, do the gardens sell, sell native plants uh, or are there ample nurseries around that, that they're available? Yeah, uh, so we pretty much only have, we have some local, some small local nurseries. But we have one major one, and we're try- we've had to order special orders some of the plants that we wanted, and we're hoping that as people uh, start asking for the plant material, that it will push the market to to have them readily available in the in the nursery. But um, but some of it was. They were difficult to get. It is all. Um, it isn't all native, but they are adaptive to our climate here, right, and right. we try to represent because we have like three basins that come together: the Mojave, the Great Basin, and the Colorado Plateau. Yeah. And so we try to bring all the that variety of plant materials. In, in that desert garden. Yeah, you know, the outreach and the education, you know, it do persuade quite a number of people to do stuff. Do you work with, um, you know, like landscaping firms, maintenance, things like that, so so you can help your customers uh, um, or get get to the resource they need to, uh, to make changes? Yes, yeah, so out of California, they have a program, Qualified Water Efficient Landscapers, yeah. mm-hmm. and Utah has adopted that program. So. And so we offer that course twice a year. And then 
I to help and give the landscapers an incentive if they want um, to use that to drum up business for them. They can take my rebate program and tell them about the rebate program, and if they um, and also there they can do an audit, and I will reimburse the homeowner for the total cost of that audit up to seventy five dollars. Oh. So that kind of gives them um, an incentive, the homeowner the incentive, the landscaper the incentive to participate in, sure. in the programs that are offered. Oh, the free water check you talked about earlier, is that like a, a, a mini water audit sort of a thing? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, it's a it. simplified. Right. Um, it's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, irrigation associations. Yeah, Lots. we're members. Oh, yeah, we're members. <laughs> we're, in fact, in fact, our company, the Toro Company, is a founding member of that. So yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, so that goes into plant water availability. You know, uh, we we may we put out the cups and uh, we run the system. So it is simplified, but it, it's not as uh, technical as the IA. Oh. And they even offer the audit through the Quell, the Qualified Water, the right. QWell. Yeah. What do you well, say? They say Quell. We say QWell. Yes. I know. I, <laughs> I, I changed. That's a, that's what we've said. It, so, but yeah, it's QWell. Well, it, it works either way. For, <laughs> for the last minute we got here, where do you see? Do you see any problems in the future for water in your neck of the woods? Um, repeat that question again. Do you do you see if you see any problems with water shortages in the upcoming future for your territory? Um, absolutely. Oh. I um, because we are an arid, we have prolonged droughts, um, and they seem to be getting more um, more frequent. Oh. And um, uh, so I, but I feel like. The water district that I work for, they've—I um, feel like they're very good in finding that balance. They know of, what they're doing. So that's yeah, a good thing. That's of a good thing. looking for new water sources as well as being good stewards of what we have. So, um, so well, even though we do look for new water sources, it's not an excuse or trying to justify water waste. Oh. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Well, we're up against our NBC News Hour. We, you, you certainly were a superstar on our show. We appreciate that, and uh, we appreciate you joining us today. I just remind everybody who's listening, you can listen to this also on turfsradio.com, so please do that. It's a new thing we're doing. And everybody, have a great week. Thank you again for joining us, and remember the most important thing to do, think, think blue. blue. Thanks for coming night, on, everybody. Julie. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. <laughs>